Hey, it's Joey, and before we actually start, I want to tell you about something. Central Texas needs blood, and we have teamed up with Carter Blood Care to host a blood drive here at Grace Bible Church uh, in our sanctuary. So if you visit begrace.org slash blood, you can sign up for your spot uh, to give blood on December 12th between 8.30 and 2.30. Uh, the blood is actually needed here in Central Texas and will actually be used here in Central Texas. So please sign up, and uh, if you're able to give blood, Central Texas needs your help. It's a way you can help right now. So I guess without further ado, here's the show. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For more recordings of our podcast and our sermons, visit begrace.org podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Cologne. I'm Kendrick Spells. I'm Chris Webster. I'm Jim Wilson. I'm Dave McMurray. <laughs> and I'm Eunice Cho. All right. All right. <laughs> well, welcome to another uh, week, uh, Monday morning, where we talk about our sermon. Uh, we finished Daniel last week, and so this week we are in our new series. It's a short series, a four-week series for Advent. So if you know anything about Advent, you know the sermon titles already. You know what we're going to be talking about already. Uh, it's all already laid out. It's hope. Joy, peace, no, that's the wrong order. Love. What's the order? Hope, joy, hope, love, love, then peace. Yeah. Hope, love, I joy, peace. Love, love, joy. I don't know why peace went first in my brain. <laughs> peace was blocked by the speaker on the camera shot, so I should have not <laughs> yes. remembered that one. Yes. Well, uh, this week is our Advent series on hope, and I guess you started, Dave, by uh, talking about what Advent even means, etc. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anybody know yeah. what Advent means? Mm. The arrival of a of an important person or event. Mm, good nice. job. Mm. And so, this week in Advent, we're talking about the hope of the arrival of a notable person or event, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is hope? Who knows what hope is? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Biblically, it's more than a wish. Mm, more than a <laughs> wish. More, more of a confidence that something is going to take place. A confidence. Mm-hmm. I like it. Good. I like it. And I think, Dave, before you got into your sermon, you also talked about uh, two practical ways. Man, my notes are rough. I wrote mm-hmm. in pencil, and I wrote very clearly, but uh, I just put two practical. But I think it was two practical ways that you can use Advent season to help yourself mm-hmm. inwardly and outwardly or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. What was that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking about inwardly as a spiritual practice, kind of pushing against the culture of consumerism and busyness and craziness, so trying to just slow down and meditate on Jesus more. Um, so saying, hey, this is a time, you know, there's there's something going on in our culture, so I'm going to try to take that and make it more Christ-focused. And then outwardly, um, there's really a missional connection with our culture because we have a pagan world celebrating a Christian holiday. Often 
celebrating kind of echoes of the Christian roots of the holiday without really knowing the whole story. So as we make our own celebrations more centered on Jesus, then that helps us to have kind of content, uh, things we're showing people and things we can talk to our friends and neighbors about uh, that helps us bring the conversation back around to who Jesus really is. Mm. Any other thoughts on Advent or how you use Advent in your homes with your peoples? Mm. Or yourself? Light things on fire. Mm. We, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, well, yeah, we started the... It was fun this year. I'll put in a little pitch for... You mentioned it too, mm-hmm. Dave, with the Advent devotional. Mm-hmm. Got it online, got it printed here. And we, do, we, we added... Kind of hit the candles a little harder. Mm-hmm. Candles are sometimes part of Advent. And so... Um, so we do that. It's fun. The kids remember each theme as we light the candles. And um, and then I'll make another pitch for a thing I didn't advertise well this year, but Christmas Creative. Mm. We uh, we started this last year, and um, it's just make, like, at least one piece of art for each theme mm-hmm. for each week. <laughs> so one piece of art a week for hope, love, joy, and peace. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. My kid and, – and that's – yeah, that's been really fun because it, it – um, helps my kids especially i notice them like uh really just trying to dig in on what are the like what are the visual metaphors for hope and Mm. um like oh yeah whenever it mentions light or one of our readings had even like the sunrise in in one of the scriptures and it was like oh yeah that's something i could paint or draw or or write about Mm. and so um they've been like it's been like Santa's workshop in our house, like just glitter and stuff everywhere. <laughs> They're trying to make their hope piece already. I think they actually made all their pieces on Saturday, which was cheating. Mm. But um, um, anyway, this week. So if you guys want to be a part of it, uh Christmas Creative has all the info, and I'd love to have more and more people making random art. Jim wrote a poem last year. It was amazing. And his Ooh. wife. Did she bake something? Did we get her to bake anything for Advent? I'm not sure I forget things, though. I'm so still trying to convince her to bake a, a hope pie or this something. Was like this Aww. was my picture. This was my hope picture. Oh. From this year or last year? year? Uh, last year. Last this is last year. year. I haven't done something yet this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. And anybody you can do it pieces. even if they're not super artistic, right? Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Yeah. I'm not super artistic. <laughs> yeah. Eunice had four pieces that came together into one big piece. She had like that a Transformers. Cool. Oh, she had yeah. that Megatron. What's the anyway? Megatron. Yeah, it was Optimus awesome. Prime. No, no. There's a thing when they all like connect together, and it's like Ultra, mm. Ultra, Ultra, Ultron. Ultron. No, no. I, don't know. I, don't know. I think it's Avengers Unite. I think that's what it is. No, that's the wrong Avengers one. Avengers Unite. Uh, wrong one. Well, that's cool. Any other Advent things? What do you do for Advent, Kendrick? Anything? Uh, man, this is special, I guess, or different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, typically in the past, I haven't really done any like thing creative. So this year, I'm diving in heavy on the Christmas creative side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna try my hand at some painting. Uh, I, I we've realized Caden likes painting. For mm-hmm. Halloween slash Thanksgiving, we took him to the pumpkin patch mm-hmm. uh, in Temple to let him pick out some pumpkins, and he painted them a ton of them. Um, so, cool. gonna get him some hand paint, some finger paint, and 
listen to things of hope mm-hmm. and then try my hand at some paintings and music have a pretty fun joy week music mm. so that's awesome that's awesome we we got our second live tree we'd always done fake trees in the past but got a live tree for the first time last year got another one this year it's pretty exciting it's like pretty awesome to have this giant live thing that you can smell in your house we've never really had house plants you know inside Hmm. um this is cool it's invaded our our dwelling space Hmm. we have done zero christmas decorating yet Mm. But we're, we'll get there. Maybe tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> the only thing different I have this year is I got that Advent uh, jam calendar. Right. Did oh, I tell yeah. you guys about that? Anyways, uh-huh. that starts tomorrow. It's only 24 days. So I pulled it out of the closet. But we have lots of, we have an Advent calendar for kids. We do Advent calendars or uh, candles. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. It's all in boxes still, so I'm not. It's not fresh in my memory, but we have it all. All right. Well, this week was Matthew. Are you doing? You're doing Matthew for each of these four weeks. Is that right? Yeah, I'm just going to follow it in order. I'll do a couple of weeks on chapter one and a couple of weeks on chapter two. So this week was the first half of the first chapter of Matthew, which mm-hmm. if you listen to the sermon or if you know Matthew, you know that that's just genealogies, and that's a weird mm-hmm. sermon to preach, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that sermon preached, huh? Mm, huh? Fun. Huh? Fun. Anybody's? <laughs> Great uh, times. <laughs> so uh, I think, uh, man, I'm just going to go with my notes because mm-hmm. it's too much work to look at yours and it makes too many clicky noises on my keyboard and mouse. But yeah. you started by talking about the 400-year gap and suffering mm. in silence mm-hmm. and kind of the genealogy, I guess, helped to explain that is that mm-hmm. right yeah we've got 400 years of silence and this is the first thing that is said um canonically speaking you know we've got malachi and then matthew um but also as far as the actual experience that's that's pretty close to how it worked out as well so we have a a messenger a prophet speaking to israel saying Hey, there's going to be a messenger that's going to come prepare the way for Yahweh. And then we've got the birth narratives of Jesus. That's the next thing that, that mm. happens. So Matthew is showing how the, how the birth of Jesus lines up with then everything that's been said before. Not just <coughs> the prophecies of, Ma- of Malachi, but, you know, all the hopes and all the, the visions from the past of the entire Old Testament all kind of comes together in the genealogy and you made some of those connections with what you even went back to adam mm-hmm. uh, went back to abraham mm-hmm. and you highlighted some of the women right oh mm-hmm. and you went to mm-hmm. david and you went to exile sorry those were your three mm-hmm. main points but yeah what was the what was the women point you spent a good amount of time on that i don't see it in my notes i yeah. don't know where i wrote it so there are kind of two structures you could say there's like the rhythm and the melody of the genealogy there's the um, you know, maybe the melody line is is the simple theme and variation of these three sections, which are 14 generations each. So, you know, Abraham section, David section, exile section. So those were the kind of three points I followed. But there's this, you know, rhythm that was coming in and out that was adding spice to it where it was father, 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 father. Oh, and here's a, here's a lady, here's a mom, 
then father, father, father. Oh, here's another mom. And so it was kind of sprinkled in that added some excitement to this normal pattern, this repeating genealogy pattern. And those women were all very unusual in different ways. Some had been sinned against in terrible ways. Some had sinned in terrible ways. Some, you know, had repented and done great things and became followers of God. Uh, some were outsiders, tribally, that became insiders mm-hmm. by faith. So um, it's just that, that added, added a lot of spice to the story. Mm. And so the the women I found it was in your first point, which is mm-hmm. hope for the child to defeat evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my first note from that section is the child. This is the way. That's mm-hmm. right, right. That's where very I came good, from. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all about Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Baby Yoda is stealing <laughs> our theme here. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. So your Mandalorian first... <laughs> is copying our story. Oh yeah, that's it. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. It is what happened. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, first point: hope for the child to defeat evil, and that was mm-hmm. the part talking about Abraham, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You said heal or head crushing, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's really about Abraham, right? So, if you look at Genesis, Genesis is, you know, mostly about Abraham and the promises to Abraham. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that, but Abraham's kind of the pivot point. Abraham and his sons. And then you have to kind of go back the preamble then to the Abraham saving the world promises, Abraham having this child that's going to save the world promises. The backstory is really a promise was made to Eve. So everything with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, we're all sons of Abraham by faith. All of that finds its roots back before Abraham in Genesis 3.15 where the promise was made. As soon as sin enters the world, okay, everything's blown up now. Sin has ruined everything, but a promise is made that Eve is going to have a son someday that will save the world. The Old Testament is kind of repeated stories of like, is this going to be the son that saves the world? Nope, not him. You know, (laughs) it's like over and over and again, um, kind of getting our hopes up and then, okay, that's not Mm -hmm. quite the hero that we're looking for yet. So with Abraham, it was a reproduction covenant. Is that what you called it? Yeah. Did you like that? <laughs> I don't know if I did or didn't. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, I do think we often just like skirt past the Abrahamic covenant because it's like mm-hmm. uncomfortable to talk about. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I was I was interested to hear why it's reproduction covenant. I mean. It's just yeah. because it uses a reproductive organ? Is that... Yeah, so I mean, in the very most uh, graphic way, yes, it's it's about the reproductive organ, right? <laughs> it's marked. The reproductive organ of God's, God's seed, his people, is marked. It's sanctified. It's cleansed. Um, so, yeah, I think because it's so uncomfortable, we avoid the conversation. But yeah, there's... There's blood, there's cleansing, there's hygiene, there's um, sacrifice, uh, there's your reproduction is going to be different than other people's reproduction. And all of this is symbolizing, you know, Paul picks this up in the New Testament and says, really, the circumcision is, is a symbol in the Old Testament done by hands. There's this real thing not done by human hands, this real thing, which is the spiritual cleansing of our hearts, the being born again, you know. So John 1 picks that up. We're going to be born again 
by having faith in Jesus, you know. Yet to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gives the right to become children of God, born not of the flesh or husband's will, but born of God. And so the new birth in the Christian story is the fulfillment of what that marking of the reproductive organ in the Old Testament was about. You know, this was a symbolizing of like, man, our reproduction's all messed up. We keep reproducing sinners. Someday God's going to fix that. <laughs> and that's, that's what the new birth is and, and Jesus ultimately fixing that. Part of it was, you know, what Abraham was trusting in, right? God had promised mm -hmm. him something. He was trying to trust in himself, make it happen himself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anything else on the I first think point? I yeah, Chris, mm -hmm. go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just, I loved your, when you were talking about the, the women, especially in the, genealogy i was just you know hit again by uh yeah like god has his covenant people but he's constantly bringing in people from the outside and we've, mm -hmm. we've talked about that before but i was just mm -hmm. yeah hit again like yeah god really is bringing in these outsiders you know mm -hmm. very often rahab and ruth specifically you mentioned in a I think it's just, I mean, I, I get excited about all this, you know, the, the promises stuff because it really is. I love, I love sort of epic fantasy. You even mentioned that fantasy books and stuff like I love mm. this, this, these, you know, echoes in the deep dark past that, that come to fruition and stuff mm -hmm. like, but I, I, I think I had an even, even slightly different take on that with the, the insider outsider thing, the mm -hmm. God's people. And, and I think, uh, people of the promise was the phrase that kept coming up and mm -hmm. i've been in the church so long that i almost can't and a believer so long that i almost can't imagine being an outsider to that mm. but i thought that was helpful to me to to think through so there's two distinct groups of people in the world there's the one who've had the promise for a long time right in this in these this case it was israel that god had given it to them in the very beginning They've held on to it, and their struggle was to believe it would come true. Mm. But then there's the outsider who hasn't even heard the promise, right? Who is just mm -hmm. utterly, you know, without an anchor. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's just like, what? Wh I don't know what the, the whole world is chaos. There's no plan to anything. Is there any hope in that way, right? And so I think there's two distinct types of hope. And that was just really a, a beautiful reminder for me man, we have this treasure of the promise, right? And like, like before Jesus came, there was those people saying, we've, we've heard what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen, but our struggle is to not only believe it's true, but to tell others it's true. Mm -hmm. And the same thing for us waiting for the second coming, like we are the ones who have it. We're stewards of the promise that there's going to be ultimate defeat of evil and ultimate good on the throne. Um, and we're we that's just so distinctly different from people who haven't even heard the story or or uh yeah yeah haven't haven't been <laughs> keepers of that for years and years and years mm -hmm. i think it's interesting that <clears throat> all these 14 generations in between each other and then finally to jesus uh looking to okay this person's gonna save the world this person's gonna defeat evil in a sense we still have this longing for that ultimate defeat of evil like chris was saying you know um, i think it's interesting 
even when we have children, we're like, I'm going to teach my son to do this because the world needs this. You know, like, mm. I'm going to raise him to be a, a doctor. The world needs more of that or this because mm-hmm. the world needs more of that. So uh, I just thought that was interesting that this longing and, and waiting for the ultimate, the defeat of evil, I could see that then and still see that now in our hearts. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the irony is we can't, we can't really fix it unless we see that that Jesus is the one really fixing it. You know, like there's this, mm-hmm. the New Testament gamble is the way John Lynch, I think he had a message about the, the guy that did the cure. I think he had a message called gamble, the gamble, the New Testament gamble. Does mm-hmm. that sound right, Jim? Yes. And, and the gamble is that actually saying Jesus has done it is what motivates us to, to do it. Does that make sense? You know, it's like, and that's, <laughs> Exactly backwards from traditional religion that says, no, we really need to use guilt and fear and terror to get people to, to live rightly, you know? But mm-hmm. the New Testament gamble is actually saying, nope, Jesus has done it. Now, go and follow him and sh- you know, push back evil and bring goodness to the world. Mm. Second point. Second point. Second point yeah. is hope for the kingdom of glory. Mm. And you started that one with the illustration of the emperor having no clothes, and I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember why you said that, though. I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why you told that story or that fable. Is it a fable? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the connection is when we we desire to have this great kingdom, but we're all sinners. Yeah, it, we're all we're all broken, and so it's like when you look at King David, and you look at King Solomon you see, oh, this great king, but you also see like, oh, yeah, they they messed up, you know? So it's the <laughs> idea of the king, the, seeing the king naked, seeing the king in his shame. Um, and that's basically who all of us are. You know, that's really who we all are. But Jesus is the true king that fulfills every hope. He's, he's the king we've been, we've been waiting for. Hmm. Yeah, I like the uh, distinction between imitating the men who trusted God Mm. in their behavior or Mm. imitating them in terms of their faith in God. Mm. Uh, Because it just, there's a distinction there that that often gets lost, especially in our Sunday school stuff sometimes, that we -hmm. teach behavioral imitation. Mm-hmm. Do what David did. Pick up a mm-hmm. sling. Slay a giant. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Instead of David trusted that God was bigger than the giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. See that with Abraham a lot too. Yeah. You know, that that's what Paul is pointing mm-hmm. out. Like, hey, look at his faith. Hey, look at his faith. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't look at everything he did, but look at his faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I think there's something so distinctly relatable about jesus i think yeah i mean that's the beauty of the incarnation like when you think of um it's not like a superhero like you know like uh like superman oh Mm -hmm. this invincible person he he beat somebody you know he beat defeated evil that's awesome like yeah i know superman has kryptonite okay i got it but like like the the fact that jesus you know i guess maybe even going back to ancient mythology there's Mm -hmm. there's often this like this this strange mixture of do we celebrate the weakness or our current do we celebrate weakness in people and jesus was like he came and he was weak right he was human he didn't have 
in that sense like these superpowers where he he would ne- he was indestructible right he was could never be hurt you know that kind of thing he had the weakness that we have but what lived perfectly so it's this strange beautiful thing of a king who who knows and faces the same things that we face mm. but as a frail human mm. but didn't wasn't defeated and you know mm. it, i don't know gosh I, mm. i'm not i'm not unpacking it well but i think there's just something <laughs> beautiful about mm-hmm. that relatability of jesus that, mm-hmm. that we celebrate mm. for sure for sure I think you just quoted uh, one of my favorite scriptures, Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. He understands. Mm -hmm. And I think you were saying, Dave, there were two ways people can go instead of hoping i don't remember exactly what you're saying but Hmm. you're saying Mm -hmm. despair or pride yeah what was yeah kind of like the track as we think about leadership you've got the track of despair like i can't do it you know everything's messed up so i give up i'm not going to lead that's despair Mm -hmm. The, the other track though is the the track of pride which can be a snare for leaders big time is oh i can do it you know like i have a little more skill than the next person that makes me a leader I'm going to lead people and they just need to get in line, you know, and there's a lack of humility, a lack of awareness of your own sin and need for Jesus. And so I was saying the, the trust that Jesus is the ultimate king enables us to kind of walk that line of, of mm. being simultaneously bold in and humble, you know, simultaneously um, aware of our sins and frailty and our moment by moment need of the spirit, but also aware like, no, God can really use me. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a leader. God's given me this little circle of influence, and I'm going to influence people, and God's going to use me in great ways. Mm-hmm. Well, even uh, even the definition of hope mm-hmm. has that beautiful con- mm-hmm. duality. Like, mm-hmm. as, as we were talking at the beginning, I, I just quickly Googled the definitions. Mm-hmm. And and the one I think that, that works best here is to expect with confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that's that's what's so cool as I was thinking as you were talking like hope in and of itself is like a dependence on someone else it's like mm-hmm. a it's a creaturely type of a thing mm-hmm. you know like you don't hope for something that you are in charge of <laughs> you yeah. hope for something that that someone else is in mm-hmm. charge of or mm-hmm. that you you want to happen right but it says yeah. you expect with confidence so you yeah mm-hmm. you, you have that good tension of this is really going to happen. I'm going to live as if it's going to happen, but it's also not up to me to bring it about. It's, I, I'm expecting God to do what he said he was going to do. Mm, yeah. Reminds good. me of... Isn't that, uh, isn't that like Romans 8 too? Mm-hmm. It's like we hope with... If we like hope, then we... Or for what we do not see, like mm-hmm. we hope with patience or something mm-hmm. like that, right? right, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. So you guys are going to make me cry. That's, what, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. You just stole my line. But I was going to connect it to, I think it's Chris's song, right? <laughs> Hope we wait for it with patience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish. It's not my song. <laughs> that one? I thought you were about to say peace to you. I'm like, are you talking about peace? No, <laughs> that's, that's not a it. different what, week. What is that song, Chris? No. 
from the depths of woe. Mm. It's oh, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My nemesis. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking patience ties in so much to hope because right. patience patience implies that you trust it will happen. You're mm-hmm. anxious that it will happen, but mm. you can, I guess, calm yourself and be in control of yourself and wait, mm-hmm. knowing that it will come. I think that's what patience implies. Mm. That's what I try and teach my kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the Thanks last note I have for this. Anybody have something else? Uh, I just had a comment. I would just keep looking at the idea of being glorious and broken mm. and just, you know, trying to picture how do we how do we see ourselves mm. as glorious? It's pretty mm. easy to see that we're broken. Mm. But how do we understand that we're glorious? Mm. And, uh, yeah, because yeah. we bear the image of God. Well, I think Preach our gifting yourself. is a part of that. <laughs> so, like Eunice says, generally we all have God's image, in general. But I think our gifting is kind of where that usually shines through. Like God's mm-hmm. gifted us in unique ways, and you're like, oh, that's that's the image of God, kind of mm-hmm. shining out a little more in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that's a really important thing. For Christians, again, there's this paradox. If you, if you have no sense of, of glory and gifting, I would say that's, that's a gospel problem. You know, like that's a brokenness mm-hmm. in you. You're not, you're mm-hmm. not fully aware of your adoption as a son or daughter of God if you see no glory of God shining through your gifts, you know. But if you're all about that too, you know, the other extreme is like, you're like, ah, I'm awesome. But, you know, again, yeah, there's, you probably need to see your own humility. So, hmm. I was just reading um, Look and Live by Matt Papa, such a good book. And one of the metaphors, I'm going to twist it a little bit, but one of the metaphors he has is um, basically the importance of knowing the source of all goodness hmm. and that that is the ultimate and not trying to make any one good thing ultimate mm-hmm. and he uses this this metaphor of I, I, I actually I, again I translate it to like like panning for gold right mm-hmm. you can either spend your whole life trying to find that perfect fist sized nugget of gold mm-hmm. and not, you will not settle for anything else nothing else is good nothing else is worth it or you can and you'll never find it like <laughs> you're just gonna never find it or you can spend your life realizing there's little slivers of gold all around you and and mm-hmm. that's they're not ultimate mm-hmm. but they're be- there's beauty there and mm-hmm. i think that's that's kind of what um the difference between a, the christian understanding of beauty and a, a secular one the secular mm-hmm. one wants to make it wants to find the perfect thing that will fully satisfy them mm-hmm. here on earth like this physical something that's going to be ultimate and perfect and the situation mm-hmm. or this experience or this treasure that's perfect and they're always let down because that's Mm. impossible or they say no god's a perfect treasure and he's scattered slivers of gold everywhere including Mm. in me so i am imperfect but there's these moments where god's shining through and there's you can find see that glint of gold and you say man there's so much to celebrate even though it's not perfect even Mm -hmm. though it's not ultimate because i know who who the source is and i that's that's only going to ever be the perfect beauty (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> something, something, something full right. 
<laughs> well, I mean, we sang we sang the secret right for the kids' song yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was like I yeah. know what it means to have plenty, and I know what it. It's just like mm-hmm. ah, mm-hmm. my heart. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like going back to what Jim was saying, like like trying to know how to be glorious and yet be broken. I mean, like. Mm-hmm we keep talking about like the duality of things right so mm-hmm. like hope there is like an anxiousness to it but also there's like the patience right in it mm-hmm. but to be glorious and broken i feel like uh like we so like when we know that we're not enough like mm-hmm. to do whatever we need to do in life right mm-hmm. like every single day we know we have to like die to ourselves realize that we're broken and then lean on the spirit to you know help like i mean do everything but mm-hmm. everything that we do in our lives is to glorify god and mm-hmm. he completes us in those ways and so even in our brokenness we can be glorious because of god and so it's Mm. like this constant like redirection to like oh it's not me like stop trying to think that it's you like it's not like it's not you it's it's all god Mm -hmm. but yeah so good 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 word anybody know this song how can we glorify god Mm -hmm. anybody know it i know it what's the answer by loving him and obeying his commands and laws. Is that something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's pretty close. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's pretty close. <laughs> nice. Anyways. Good duet, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. It's the quality content you come for. All right, we're running out of time. I was going to say your little rhyme. We trust our king and just do the next right thing. Mm. He said That's no for rhyme you, intended. Yeah, I'll make it famous. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> he said I'll take it. Trademark <laughs> copyright 2020. 2020. Yeah. 2020. All right, your final point was hope for the end of exile, and you were mm. talking about how we are just a long time traveling away from home. Mm. Anybody know that song? Probably not. Is that by Blues Traveler? No, it's like by <laughs> Sacred Harp Primitive Baptist Hymnal or something. Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, well, that one. I'm traveling away from home. <laughs> it's a favorite. Yeah. Anyway. It's definitely a huge theme. I think there are a lot of hymns with, with that theme. Oh, yeah, for sure. You were talking about just remembering that we're pilgrims or we're strangers or we're mm-hmm. sojourners. Um, and this is not actually our true home. Um, yeah. But while I guess we're not in our true home, we can show what true home looks like. I guess that was this point. So mm-hmm. hoping for the end of exile actually means that we're living like exile will end, maybe. Mm-hmm. And showing mm-hmm. people what the end of exile would look like. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, passing that on yeah. to anybody else. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Man, this is a this is a wide connection, but I, I we were just thinking. I, I was talking to my wife over Thanksgiving of how we get into this strange comparison game with uh, sometimes with uh, with non Christians or um, mm-hmm. people who are chasing after other things, and we're like comparing our lives like one to one, like. 
are we happier than them because of Jesus? Or do we have a better life because of Jesus? Uh, I mean, that's kind of somewhere down deep down in your heart is what, when you finally get down to the, the lowest level of what you're actually saying, I think that's what it is. That's it's where like, the joy, 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 joy is. <laughs> way, 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 way down. No. Uh, but yeah, there is that, there's that temptation to be like, why would I t- share the gospel with them? They seem pretty happy. Or why would I share the gospel with them? they're actually more satisfied with their life than I am. And I mm. think that's, there's something really important there. Um, when, when the Christian world, when this life is not ultimate, in fact, this life is simply, this is a mission, and this, this life is meant to be spent, not clung to, then, then there needs to be foolishness in your life, like mm-hmm. worldly foolishness. Like, you need to, right, like, um, when you're investing in something invisible to other people, like it needs to look silly to someone who doesn't believe that, right? Like, mm. I, I, I just, man, there's just something there of like, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, if you're really in exile, that means you have a home somewhere else, and you're you're actually only here for a little bit, and so you're gonna work and love in weird ways <laughs> the, the, the people who say this is it don't understand mm-hmm. and can't mm-hmm. understand and you can't even compare your lives because I mean we have to be careful of that of saying I'm less comfortable right now well that's that's someone who's not in exile right like I'm mm-hmm. less comfortable right now on purpose for the sake of the gospel and, and for bringing along as many people out of this exile as I can mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all can speak to that anymore, but that, that was a thing connection I was making in my head. Yeah, I guess Babylon, there are parties in Babylon, and Babylon might look like a party, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So people might look happy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think we have to remember the gospel is good news and bad news, too, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's good news and bad news, so it's not just... I have more fun, I have more to offer, I have a better story, but it's also like, oh, your your party is nice, but there's an eternal party that's better, and this, this party's going to end in death and destruction. Mm. Yeah, there's still Which, good and joy in the world, even, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I find that we often are posturing ourselves to not be the mean, grumpy, judgmental Christians so much that we f- we forget, like, oh yeah, there's there's horrors of judgment <laughs> that are coming, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's real. I've really been wrestling with that. I've been kind of debating with a friend about just the nature of hell and what hell is, and um, we both agree, for the record, that the Bible's true and that hell is bad, you know, but kind of trying to get down to the details of what it's actually like but yeah i think that's the big idea it's bad you don't want to be there you know Mm -hmm. that makes me think the crazy thing is um without trying to pull out too much of what you just said dave Mm -hmm. is um man forgetting the scripture I don't want to try to quote it and quote it wrong, but in his mm-hmm. nutshell, I think mm-hmm. David is saying, no matter where I am, I could even make my bed in hell, and God is there. Mm. And Psalm 139. That's it. I'm glad you, I was going to say 138. So I, I was, when I read that, that's sort of like 
terrifying truth of the gospel too and of exile because I'm like oh man what torture is it to be like oh this is my home I don't long for home with Christ or long for home with heaven Hmm. and then towards the end um, if if an individual makes their bed in hell and God is there they're like oh now I long to be with him now Mm -hmm. I wish I could have spent my life uh, 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 in pursuit of Christ and his will. Mm. So I think even just reading that, it's like this treacherous thing to me of, oh man, uh, uh, exile here, it's bad, but it's not so bad. Maybe it's an exile mm. after mm-hmm. in that way. The permanent exile is really yeah. the bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Somber. <laughs> All right. You're gonna make Eunice cry for a different reason now. <laughs> don't cry. Yes. Don't cry. Well, oh, maybe you should cry. We should cry. Let's just all see tears. Ready? Go. Uh, <laughs> well, we're pretty much out of time, but we'd be amiss if we didn't let you know that it's Eunice's last week with us. Oh. Uh, we celebrated with her. Passing the Enniclex? Is that what it's called? That you forced me to tell everybody yeah. about. Not me. I, I was didn't gonna, do that. That was not me. I was yeah. going to say, we should have yeah, never yeah, let yeah, her yeah, pass yeah. the test. I she's right off and got a job. Man. And so now she's got a new job. So she's going to ditch us in her journey, in her exile. And she's going to go exile somewhere else for a little while. Mm-hmm. She'll still be at church. She'll yep. still be around. She'll probably mm-hmm. still be helping with some things. But... She's got a full-time job now, so she doesn't get to just hang out with us anymore. It's very sad, but Mm. I've enjoyed my time here with you guys, and I'll be back sometimes, I'm sure. I will do my best to come back and, you know, but, yeah. Well, we will miss you. Gotta go do my job. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're happy for you, though. Happy you will be healing and helping people. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Using my... God-given gifts, Dave. Yeah, shine, girl. (laughs) Bring joy and glory to the people and places around you. Yes. yes. Thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you. (laughs) In unrelated news, if anybody's looking for a job, uh, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But really. Trying to replace me. I'm not even gone yet. (laughs) That's kind of how it works, I think. I'm joking. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Anything else? Did we miss anything? Hmm. We're at. Oh, I do. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I do want to say that Dave mentioned in the outside service that he forgot to tell us in the first service (sighs) that David also means 14. Yes. Huh, didn't know that. The, yeah. yeah, they number. They would number their letters, you know, kind of like Roman numerals. So A was one, B was two, and the name David is the number 14. Hmm. It's because he killed Goliath when he was 14, right? Isn't that? Yeah, good job, <laughs> good catch. <laughs> so you didn't no, know you number. needed a calculator for your quiet time. But yeah, so <laughs> it's, no. it's the poetry and rhyme scheme of Hebrew. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Good word. All right, well, don't forget about services changing next week. Mm-hmm. 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 4 p.m. Yep. 
Um, what else do we not forget? Newcomers lunch. Yeah, Newcomers drive. Communion. We're gonna squeeze communion into the morning services now. Oh, okay. And limited childcare. Can they sign up? Are we doing like a, a unannounced grand opening of childcare? Are we announcing it? Or I don't know how we're doing that. Well, I think if we weren't, we are now. Um, <laughs> no, I think you just register the same way you register to come to the service okay. in the morning. And there's an option to click that says kid in service with me or kid in nursery with me. Mm, Something cool, to that cool. effect. Chris is a magician. Nice. So. Way to go. <laughs> Digital buttons. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yes. Find a curtain quick. Uh, <laughs> so we have services <laughs> changing, which includes new times, communion, uh, childcare. I don't know. That's too much. And we have Christmas yeah. Creative. Christmas Creative. slash Christmas Creative. We have Newcomers, newcomers Lunch. Newcomers slash Newcomer. I don't know. Email Eunice. Yeah. It's her <laughs> last day on the job, so you have to like pull tricks on her or something. Yeah, yeah. And then we have Blood Drive right after that. Begrace.org slash Blood. Not right after that. Six days after Next that. Next week. Mm-hmm. But sign up for your slot. Sweet. They go fast and, once they start going. And a going. movie night, Saturday night. Oh, yeah, that's December 5th. Yeah. That's this Saturday. Coming up. It's going to be a crazy weekend. We're probably watching Lots what? Of Narnia? Things. It's the chronic What Cools a Narnia. Do you guys remember that one? Wow. So good. So good. Well, maybe we spoiled things. That's probably bigress.org slash uh, movie, movie nights. <laughs> yeah. bigress.org slash parking lot. Seagrace.org slash LED projector with inflatable screen. <laughs> it's by Steve. It's Steve. slash it's going to be really cold, so hopefully Kendrick hooks up the FM transmitter so we can watch the movie from our car. Oh, driving drive theater. Boom. I don't know. All right, people. All right, we're out of time. We've been out of time. We, uh, we were aiming for 30 minutes this week, in case you weren't noticing, but we made it at uh, 40 seven or eight ish so pretty good all right well thanks guys we'll see you next week adios